to us. Now, we do have an outer space telescope uh, right now. It's called the Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, it's much smaller, orbits the Earth close by to us, and has really had led to some amazing astronomy discoveries. The James Webb Space Telescope, however, is a hundred times more powerful. Not only is the mirror uh, ten times bigger, but the instruments are also just ten times more sensitive as they are not in the visible spectrum, but are in the infrared spectrum. And uh, to give you an idea how sensitive the uh, this telescope will be is if you were a bumblebee on the moon, here from Earth, we could sense your heat. It's kind of an idea of how, how that is. And, um, you know, this, this is a, really an amazing, amazing project. If you remember when the Hubble telescope uh, went up, there were some problems with it. The images are coming back blurry. And so they sent up astronauts on the space shuttle to go and repair it and tweak it, uh, but not so with the uh, uh, James Webb telescope, uh, for when this this telescope goes, it is going to rotate around the sun and not around the moon, and it's too far for any astronaut ever to reach out there. And so when it gets to outer space, it really must work. The reason it's at the Lagrange point is so that wherever it is, it can keep the sun at its back and keep the moon at its back and keep the earth at its back, as it just goes around and is always always facing outward from the earth and the sun is where it will will be able to point and if it does employ, it's one of the most extraordinary cases of human engineering ever accomplished. We don't know if everything works until 30 days from now, kind of when uh, everything's deployed and we hope it sends back images. Um, but if all goes to plan, this will be in outer space and will answer questions even now that scientists aren't even asking and so, really, I, I hope it all works, um, just because the mysteries of the universe are deep, and uh, they lead us to wonder and awe at all that God has made. Well, this evening, we've been delving into the wonder and awe of the mysteries of the Incarnation. Maybe we've been seeing them, and they've just kind of gone just right, right by us. But really, really, what you think about when we celebrate as Christmas is when God came to live among us. And I just say that the significance of this event cannot be overstated. When God came, when Jesus came to earth, it was God himself who was coming to earth. And this should lead us to reverence and awe at his mighty power and wonders of what he does. Now, last Sunday at Rock Valley Bible Church, for those of you who are here, I know there are lots of visitors here this, this evening, but for those of you who are here, we looked at Messiah and we looked at how Messiah is coming. We sought to place ourselves back to where the Old Testament saints lived. And all they had was the, the testimony of the scriptures about this Messiah, this, this future one who was coming. And we looked at just a handful of the dozens and dozens and dozens of passages that we could have looked at that just speak forth of this, of this one who's going to come to redeem the place, to redeem this earth, right? A simple story of the Bible is that, that God made it. God made the earth, and, and we messed it up. We broke it, but God is going to restore it. And he has brought Messiah in order to bring that, uh, that restoration in process. And, and that was last Sunday, but this is Christmas Eve, and it's a time when we celebrate the actual arrival of the Messiah. So rather than Messiah is coming, I want for us to really consider tonight about how Messiah is here. 
Rather than placing ourselves in the minds and the directions of the, the Old Testament saints who just had the scriptures and were looking forward to this Messiah coming, I want us to think about Mary. I want us to think about Joseph. I want us to think about the shepherds, all of whom we've, we've read about tonight in some measure. And there were some miraculous experiences that all these people experienced. When the angel appeared to Mary, the angel told Mary exactly what was going to take place. He said, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. When Mary inquired how that possibly might be, because she was a virgin, the angel further explained, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And to these things, Mary magnified the Lord and rejoiced in God, her Savior. And there's some miraculous things we can even think about and, and, and express just our wonder and awe to God about an angel appearing to this virgin and bringing forth the Messiah. Uh, further, we read tonight of uh, an angel who appeared to Joseph, telling Joseph not to cast off Mary, Matthew 1, 21, 20 and 21. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, For that which is conceived of her is conceived of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And and indeed, those very things happened. The Holy Spirit came upon Mary. She had a son. They named him Jesus, and he came to save his people from their sins. As he lived a perfect life and died upon the cross, that we can merely believe and trust in Him, that He bore the wrath of God's punishment for us. Those are some miraculous things. And we can wonder in awe at them as well. We're also amazed when we read of the shepherds being visited by the, the angel who, who said to the shepherds, He says, Fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And, and indeed that happened. This, this angelic vision to the shepherds. And then they went into Bethlehem. And indeed they found that baby there wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Just like was told the shepherds. That's why the shepherds left the scene, right? Back to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And to these things we can wonder and, and praise God and, and just reflect in awe about how it is that, that all this came to pass in the perfect time, in the, in the perfect way, with angelic announcements and mysterious births. But none of these miraculous things and none of these mysterious things as deep as they are is as deep and mysterious as is the reality of the incarnation. When God took on flesh and walked among us. When Messiah was here, as John wrote, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the word of God. That is Jesus before the foundation of the world. He, he was he was there. He was with God. And Jesus came and dwelt among us. Now, how that all worked is deep and mysterious. How the Holy Spirit could bring conception. I don't know. How deity could take on humanity. I don't know. 
And how Jesus could be both God and man, I don't know. And how in the flesh Jesus had two natures, without confusion, without change, without division, without separation. I don't have any of the answers, I don't have any clue to the answers to these questions, any more than I, than I understand the size of the universe. And yet these are the things that we contemplate every Christmas time. And we ought to contemplate them often. But the one thing that we do know is that God dwelt among us, that Messiah is here. Maybe we can't understand and, and fully grasp everything. That's why we come tonight, is just to, to reflect in, in reverence and awe in the fact that Messiah is here. To use biblical terminology, we might use the word Emmanuel. Uh, Emmanuel means God with us. In fact, we heard this tonight, Matthew 1, 23 and 24. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Im, with, Anu, us, El, God, Emmanuel. That's what it means. And in many ways, this is the crux of the biblical message. Emmanuel, God with us. See, God is real and God has come and dwelt with us. And this message about God being with us begins with the creation of the world. And even is there at the end as well. When the world began, God was with us. Do you remember Adam and Eve? They're placed in the garden. And you remember where God was? God was with them. After the fall, we read of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Almost as if you could get the sense of God walking and dew rustling up upon his ankles. In the dew of the day, walking in the garden. And he was with them and he, he, he walked with Adam and Eve. And he talked with Adam and Eve just as Jesus did when he came upon the earth. Now with the coming of sin, there's been an alienation from us and God. God cast Adam and Eve out of the garden. Cursed both of them. Cursed the ground. Cursed Satan as well. Cursed the serpent. And we've been known that alienation ever since. But with the coming of Messiah, the coming of Jesus, his sacrifice upon the cross for our sins, it all has changed. And, and God paved a way so that ultimately God could be with us in the future. Do you, do you remember how the Bible ends? It ends in, in Revelation. It ends with the holy city, the, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. And, and there's a loud voice that will say this, Revelation 21.3, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. God himself will be with them as their God, because he will be their God, and they will be his people. That is, Messiah is here, Messiah with us. And in the future, that's going to be known every way. When Jesus comes back and rules and reigns as king over the earth, Messiah will be here again. As Messiah is here to, to Mary and to Joseph and the shepherds, he will be with us in the future. Now, it's all mystery to know how it will happen and how exactly it will be like. What, what is that, that Jerusalem that comes down out of heaven with streets of gold and, and gates of pearl? And, and how does that work that you've got this square city a thousand miles wide and a thousand miles long and a thousand miles high? Like how, does, how does that work? Sort of like the mysteries of the heavens. 
The James Webb Space Telescope is just waiting to discover. And we'll discover just a little bit more of a piece if everything works out. But that's where history is headed. It's headed a day when God will be with his people. And so this Christmas Eve, as you reflect upon the presence of Messiah, realize Messiah is here. He's been upon the earth to walk with us. And I want you to consider how this is how God made the world when God was walking with Adam and Eve. And how it got messed up and Messiah came. He's been crucified, right? dead, buried, resurrection. And now he's waiting in heaven for a time then to come back and be with us again in that new Jerusalem, coming back to be with those who believe and trust in him. And really this night as you reflect upon all that's true in Christ and the incarnation, it's, a, it's really a call for you to believe that you might be with him for eternity. And, and, and if we are, right, the words of Romans 8 really spring true and in our hearts, right? What, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? In other words, that God sent his son, the Messiah, to be upon the earth as a baby, to, to grow up and be misunderstood and be hated and rejected by men and to die upon the cross, but he, he died for our sins that might be forgiven. If God has given us his son, how will he not also freely give us all things in this time when he is with us forever in the new Jerusalem? Let's pray. Oh, Father, I would pray this Christmas Eve as we reflect upon the fact that Messiah is here. Messiah to the Old Testament saints was coming. And uh, Messiah is here for Mary and Joseph and for the shepherds. And uh, even for us today, Messiah has come we'll look at on Sunday. But I would pray that in this night, the night in which we celebrate and think about the Mary and Joseph going to this place, not finding any room for them um, in the inn, but finding a place in a barn where the Lord Jesus came in a, in a humble manger. Father, I pray you'd fill us with, with reverence and awe at just the, the wonders of this mystery of what it means that God became flesh. And what it means that God actually walked with us. Uh, because that's what we celebrate at Christmas. The beginning and the inauguration of the, the life of Jesus with us. And we are thankful that Messiah is here. We are, are, are thankful. Many kids are thankful for the Christmas presents. But for those of us who know Christ, uh, we are far more thankful. Of the fact that Messiah has come than any little child could have for a, a temporary gift that they receive tomorrow morning. And so we may, may we be thankful as we reflect upon this, the mysteries of everything that you have brought about in Christ. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.